<clears throat> okay, so tonight, Bezras Hashem, we're going to be continuing with our series of Shirim on the Lashem Shabbat Achloma. And what I'm trying to do really in these 10 Shirim or so is build the system from the beginning to the end so that we can create a thread of continuity between the beginning of the Sugyos that we've been discussing and Bezras Hashem, what's going to be the Iker Sugyos that we're going to see in the Lashem later on in the continuing Shirim. Now, as we left off last week, we spoke about two inyanim. We spoke about, on the one hand, the significance of studying Kabbalah, particularly in our generation, for the Lashem, who saw our generation as Ikvasa the Mashicha, as the time prior to the revelation of redemption, both particular as well as general, in our own psychological states, as well as the historical playing field. The Leshem Shabbat saw 1840 and onwards as a time of the disclosure of secrets, not only permission being granted, but rather a new disclosure of secrets which had qualitatively been undisclosed prior to that. Meaning to say that unlike the revealed aspect of Torah, which grows quantitatively because our minds and our hearts are diminished and we need more words to express ideas, the concealed aspect of Torah, Torah's HaKabbalah, the Torah of Atzilut, for the Leshem is going to be ever renewing itself and perpetually unfolding in new ways so that it's not only a quantitative expression that we find more and more being revealed, but it's even qualitative so that what was discussed a year ago, says the Leshem, is considered as nothing compared to what can be discussed nowadays that prior to the revelation of the Zohar and the Ijarabah and the system of the Arizal, these ideas were concealed and hidden. And each stage of historical disclosure represents another shlav of permission being granted for the study of Kabbalah. And secondly, we discussed for the Leshem what the significance of studying Kabbalah was. That for the Leshem, speaking about Kabbalah, learning the words of the Arizal, learning the language of the Zohar HaKadosh, is not only an act of epistemological learning for the sake of understanding ideas that we can then conjure up or replay in our minds in an intellectual way, but rather, on a certain level, the learning itself becomes the Isarusa Dilatata. It becomes the Mayim Nukvim, the feminine waters that erupt and awaken the waters from above, that it, our isarusa dilatata, our energy and ener, energizing ourselves and instigating the divine flow of influx into the world takes place specifically through our actions, through our bechira. And it's by learning the words of the Ariza, by learning about Torah Sa'atzilus, that we actually ensure that those things that we're learning about take place so that it's not only learning for the sake of understanding, but learning becomes a speech act. It becomes an experiential action where the individual who is learning can not only connect to the machaber of the text, like we saw in the first year, the tefillah of the Arizal before learning Kabbalah, is that we should be inspired and enshrined with the soul of the machaber themselves, which is just simply a newfound expression of godliness in the world, but that the things that we're learning about should take place and that there should be more ha'ara and that there should be more mochin and divine consciousness and knowledge of God and knowledge of clarity and lack of doubt that descends into the world by way of our learning. So we're going to see that 
in tonight's discussion, the Leshem is really going to be continuing and following Lishitaso, according to his opinion already, with regards to the value of learning Kabbalah. That learning Kabbalah is not only epistemological, but it has an ontological value, meaning that it is real and it creates certain mechanisms that express themselves in this world through our learning. Now, what we're going to be discussing tonight is one of the more relatively well-known aspects of the Leshem's project, which is his polemic, or the machlokas, that he expresses in numerous places with regards to the writings of the Ramchal, with regards to Rav Moshe Chaim Letzato, the Ramchal, Slusi Aleinu, and his approach to understanding the Kabbalah of the Arizal. Now, before we actually get started in looking at the sources, there are two small caveats that I want to add. Number one is that we're going to be looking at one particular source from the Leshem, a relatively famous source from Sefer Hadea, Chelek Aleph, Drush Hei Simen Zion, where the Leshem expresses his opinion almost most explicitly. But because the Leshem's writings are so voluminous and they're so large and they're so extensive, there are about 15 or 20 Makoros within the writings of the Leshem that speak to this point and create more and more nuance. Now, obviously, we're not going to be studying each of these texts, but A, if anybody's interested, I'm more than happy to send them the texts. And B, what I'm going to try and describe is a cumulative approach to the Leshem's treatment of the sugya based on all of the multifarious writings, although we're only going to be seeing it through one source text. And number two, the Ramchal here, who obviously lived before the Leshem Shuvah and died before the Leshem was born, as a tzaddik yisod olam, as one of the fundamental modes of expression of Kabbalah into the world, that the Ramchal, everybody knows the light of the Ramchal, everybody knows the significance of the Ramchal within the world of Kabbalah, within the world of divine knowledge. The Leshem is taking issue with the writings of the Ramchal as they have been interpreted by specific individuals in his generation, individuals that he was writing letters to, individuals that he was arguing with. Now. Although the Leshem implicates the writings of the Ramchal, by no means is he claiming that the Ramchal himself had the wrong approach to Kabbalah. The Leshem wouldn't say such a thing. What the Leshem is taking the individuals who interpret the writings of the Ramchal to task for is reading the Svarim of the Ramchal and creating their own mode of interpretation based on the concepts expressed in the writings of the Ramchal. So what we do not have here is a machlokas between the Leshem and the Ramchal. One of the misunderstandings, historically speaking, and some of the hisnagdas, some of the issues that many individuals took with the writings of the Leshem, is that they felt that he was unkind or unjust to the writings of the Ramchal. Now, famously, Rav Kook tried to mitigate some of this anger. Rav David Kohn, the Nazir HaKadosh, the main Talmud of Rav Kook in his Sefer Kol Hanavuah, writes explicitly that he disagrees with the Leshem Shubhav Achaloma and that the only thing that we have is the Derech of the Ramchal and the Derech of Rav Kook and Rav Yaakov Moshe Charlap, historically speaking, or anecdotally speaking, really, is said to have not wanted to learn the writings of the Ramchal because of the way that he treated, not wanting to learn the writings of the Leshem because of the way he treated the Ramchal in his writings. And Rav Kook famously tried to make shalom between the two camps in the sense that Rav Kook was a, fr- a good friend and Chavrusa of the Leshem and also the Rebbe of Rav Yaakov Moshe Charlap and the Nazir. But nevertheless, the writings tell us that Rav Kook even came to the Leshem and tried to have him renounce his statements about the Ramchal. But 
the one thing that we have to keep in mind here is that the Leshem is not arguing with, with the Ramchal. He's arguing and taking issue with a number of individuals who felt that the Ramchal was the only way to interpret Kabbalah Sa'arizal, and more than that, who took the words of Ramchal and interpreted according to their own demyonos, according to their own understandings, and found things that not even the Ramchal would try and say. So when we begin discussing the question of Kabbalah Sa'arizal, one of the questions that emerged was whether the writings of the Arizal as based on the symbols or the ideas expressed in the Zohar were meant to be taken literally as actual concepts that exist on a somewhat metaphysical way, that they exist almost invisibly, or are the writings of the Arizal meant to be interpreted as metaphors as figurative tropes, as ideas that were beheld by the Arizal himself that represented a truth beyond the symbols themselves. Meaning to say, are the writings of the Arizal meant to be taken literally? Are they meant to express certain mechanisms that HaKadosh Baruch Hu uses to reveal himself into the world that the Arizal was Zohar to understand through the writings of the Zohar? Or, are the writings of the Arizal simply the imaginations, the Ruach HaKodesh, but imagination nonetheless of the Arizal who beheld these visions on the banks of the Nile River and then when he came to Svat, that stand ready to be interpreted by the adept who understands how to understand the nimshal, the actual literal meaning behind the figurative or metaphoric tropes. Now, this is a machlokas that really touches the core of the question of the system of the Arizal. For those who meant to take the system of the Arizal metaphorically, their purpose, as we're going to see, was that we know that one of the biggest dangers of studying Kabbalah, one of the biggest dangers of trying to understand the inner workings of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the way that he discloses himself through the order of Ishtalshlus, of the unfolding of order, away from his infinitude into, fi- into finite worlds, one of the dangers is the danger of hakshama, is the corporealization of godliness, is, God forbid, the concept that perhaps we are applying physical forms to the divine concept. Now, this is known as the question of hakshama, which, according to all the Mikubalim, was one of the biggest threats and one of the reasons that Kabbalah needed to be kept concealed, ready to be learned only by those who had the proper preparation so that they can understand the words properly. Because when a person learns the system of the Arizal, they find a number of anthropomorphic concepts of relationships, of facial expressions, of the body of God, of the sheer coma, of the shape of divinity. And so one of the reasons that people wanted to soften the literal nature of the writings of the Arizal was because they were afraid that if the Arizal was to be interpreted literally, that the concepts like partsufim and Sphiros and Olamos were meant to be taken literally as actual descriptions that the Arizal was Zohar to through Ach then we fall very close to the demarcation between Avodazara and Amuna. Because if we're describing literal aspects of godliness, Kavyachol, then we are almost to a certain level applying limitation and measurement and bodily function and, and limitation to divinity. So in response to that fear, 
there was a push to really interpret the system of the Arizal metaphorically speaking, figuratively speaking, meaning that all that we have from the Arizal through his student Rupaim Vital and Eitzchayim, the description of the partsufim, the configurations of Atik Yomin and Erech Anpin and Abba and Ima and Zer Anpin and Nukva and all of these different concepts that we understand, that they are not representative of actual constructs of divinity through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself into the world, but rather they are figurative tropes, metaphors, if you will, mishalim, that need to be interpreted and demetaphorized. That a person, the adept, the mikubal, needs to look at these metaphors, look at these symbols of the Arizal, and throw away the shell and uncover the hidden truth within these metaphors. Now, these two camps, the literalist approach to the system of the Arizal and the figurative approach to the system of the Arizal, which saw his writings as simple metaphors in need of demetaphorization so that the individual can understand the significance of the system, this really comes to a head in the writings of the Leshem. What the Leshem saw in the writings of the Ramchal, the few writings that he had access to, and more specifically in the interpretations of certain students who followed the path of the Ramchal, was that the Ramchal was attempting to see the system of the Arizal as a series of Mishalim, as a series of metaphors that describe the body of God, the shape of God, the parts of him and the spheros. But in truth, what these concepts represent, when properly understood, and removed from their metaphoric shell are ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts with human beings vis-a-vis history, certain modes of governance, hanhagos, as the Ramchal is famous for interpreting. So for example, the two parts Sufim, the two configurations that represent different modes of divinity and the relationship between infinity and finitude, two parts Sufim that we understand are the parts of Arach Anpin, of the long face Kavyachal, of the unfathomable mercy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Ze'er Anpin, the small face or the small countenance, which represents an anger Kavyachal, or a harshness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what the Ramchal famously does in many of his writings in Das Tunos and Klach Pesrei Chachma, which is written by a Talmud of his, he takes these ideas of the Arizal, he takes these Mishalim of the Arizal Kavyachal, and he says that what Arach Anpin really means what it means is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts with the world at times through Rachamim Rabin, through great mercy, where there is no distinction between good and bad, where it is a Hanhagas Hayichud, something we discussed in Reish Milin by Os Ayin, the two different modes of governance, that Arach Anpin is representative of the mode of governance that sees no distinction between good and bad, that is eternally graceful to all human beings, expressing undeserved kindness unto the world, allowing for understanding and redemption in particular and in collective. And there's the parts of Avzer Anpin, which represents the Yichud HaMishpat, the space of rules, of right and wrong, of kosher and pasal, of mutter and asr, of the six directions that we typically associate with the Eitzadas Tovara. So these two parts, from according to the Arizal, according to the Ramchal, don't necessarily represent modes that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself, but rather they represent modes of governance, ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts with human beings. Now, the Ramchal was not alone in seeing, on a certain level, the system of the Arizal as metaphoric. What we have is we have a famous letter from the nephew of Rav Chaim Velazhener, 
Rav Chaim Velazhner, again, is the, one of the main disciples in Kabbalah of the Vilna Gon, who, according to many individuals, the Leshem came to kind of follow the path of the Vilna Gon. And in this letter, which is printed in, amongst other places in the Sefer Das Tfunos that was compiled by Rav Yosef Spinner of Rav Chaim Friedlander, we have a famous statement where he says as follows, And the great master, the great genius, the wondrous genius, Rav Eliyahu, Rav Eliyahu Kramer, the Vilna Gon, Amar Alav, who he said about the Ramchal, The Ramchal understood the true nature, the meaning behind the metaphors of the Arizal, again, highlighting the fact that the Ramchal and his followers saw the system of the Arizal as metaphoric and figurative and not describing essential qualities of a Kaddish Baruch Hu but rather figures that needed to be interpreted and thrown away. And he writes here in parentheses, Ki ha-grozal amar, because the Vilna Gon said, Shekitve ha-ari, the writings of the Arizal, hukulo rak mashal, in their entirety, they are simply metaphors, which contain no essential meaning on their own, because the metaphor is a way of translating, it is a vehicle that transports the essential meaning into some figure that describes the meaning, which needs to be uncovered. So the entire order of the Arizal, according to the Vilnagon in this letter, is describing metaphors that need to be shed in order to disclose the truth of the Arizal's writings, which according to the Ramchal are ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts with human beings in history. The Amar Od, and he said further, It's an incredible idea here that needs a lot of unpacking, but he writes that in the name of the Vilna Gon, that the Vilna Gon even doubted whether Rav Chaim Vital, the main disciple of the Arizal, was capable of understanding the Nimshal, was capable of understanding the true essence of the writings of the Arizal, but rather that Rav Chaim Vital simply gave us the Mishalim, the figurative images, that on their own contain no essential value. The Achar Kach says the letter, and he writes that later on in the Sefer Arbameo Shekel HaKesef, that it was clear to the Vilna Gon that Rav Chaim Vital also understood the Nimshal. But what we have here is a fundamental description of the approach, the figurative approach to the writings of the Arizal, which basically state that these are metaphors in need of demetaphorization, that they are husks that need to be removed. They need to be thrown out so that we can truly understand the true nature of Kabbalah, which according to the Ramchal and maybe the Vilna Gon, according to this letter, are the modes of governance that HaKadosh Baruch Hu uses to interact in the world with human beings. Now, when the Leshem saw certain Mikubalim of his generation, who he respected very deeply and very greatly, learning the system of the Arizal and only trying to find the human level of meaning, the human understanding, the psychological inversion of these concepts, the historical inversion of these concepts, that these Mikubalim were trying to understand the writings of the Arizal by way of Hanhaga, by way of Hashem's interaction with the world, trying to find examples of Chesed and Gvura in this world itself, using natural sciences to really uncover what they felt the Arizal was trying to describe and more than anything else, saying that the main way of understanding Kabbalah Ha'arizal was by finding the true meaning that exists in this world corresponding to our knowledge. The Leshem had a really big issue with this. 
Now, there has been a number of opinions as to who the Leshem was taking issue with. There have been some individuals who said it was Hasidus in general. There have been some individuals who said it was Rav Yosef Lev Blach of Tells. In my humble opinion, both opinions are ridiculous. There were a number of opinions who said it was Rav Chaim Velazhener. There was an opinion that said it was Rav Yitzhak Isaac Chaver. But it's very clear, based on other writings of the Leshem, and in particular a correspondence, a letter engagement between Leshem and Rav Naftali Herzalevi, Rav Naftali Herzalevi, who was the Rav of Yafo before Rav Kuk, who was considered a Talmud of a Talmud of the Vilnagon, who compiled a number of Kabbalistic writings. The one that is most famous is Siddur HaGra Benigla Ubenister, the Siddur of the Gra, the prayer book of the Gra in concealment and in revelation. That Rav Naftali Herzalevi was clearly the individual that the Ramchal was, that the Leshem was taking issue with. This has become abundantly clear in the letters that have been printed in Rav Moshe Shatz's Sefer, Ma'ayan Moshe, and Tarshish Shohem V'Yishpe, and more, and explained in such a clear way that it is nearly profound by Rav Yisrael Wilk, who is the Talmud Mufak of Rav Moshe Shatz, and his Sefer HaTzimtzum V'Hametzius, that was recently published along with Tarshish Shohem V'Yishpe, which was Rav Moshe Shatz's Sefer, that they make it abundantly clear that the person the Leshem was taking issue with was Rav Naftali Herzalevi. Now, for the Leshem, like we discussed in the first two shirim, the issue he had with individuals who saw the system of the Arizal as purely metaphoric was that they were denying the ontological significance of the writings of the Arizal. Meaning to say, if the system of the Arizal is simply metaphoric and figurative in need of true understanding that gets rid of the external mashalim in order to disclose the essential truth that rests hidden underneath the figurative veil, then the writings of the Arizal, which are based on the writings of the Zohar, which the Leshem roots back in Shir Hashirim, in the metaphoric type of way that the, that the holy writings are disclosed, the Leshem says, what you're doing is you are completely undoing the significance of the writings of the Arizal. If the purpose of the Mekubal is to shed the figurative metaphor for the sake of disclosing the literal truth that rests underneath the metaphor, the human meaning, if you will, then what you've done with the Arizal is you have made it completely inessential. You have taken the words of the Arizal and you have said that these need to be gotten rid of so that we can truly understand what is going on. And for the Leshem, that was tantamount to Kfira. Because as we saw last week, for the Leshem, the only value, the only true value that we can apply to the writings of the Arizal and to the order of Kabbalah that's disclosed is that through Ruach HaKodesh, these tzaddikim, namely Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, the Arizal, and Rabbi Chaim Vital, after the Arizal, these tzaddikim were capable of disclosing the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts with the world, the way that infinity melts into finitude without losing its infinite nature, the way that the unlimited power, the Koyach Bilti Gvul, manifests within Gvul, manifests within limitation, these Sadiqim were capable of describing on a certain level how this happened and what was taking place. And for the Leshem, 
to deny the literal nature of these, these ideas, to deny the actual ontological significance within these writings themselves, was to basically say that the only thing that we can actually do is try and understand how Hashem interacts with us as human beings. For the Leshem, denying the literal nature of the writings of the Arizal was tantamount to saying that the only aspect of godliness that we have access to is or ein sof kodem hatzimtzum, is atzmusa yisparach habyachol, is the essence of God, which we know from Rav Kook and the Leshem, it's usser, it's entirely usser for a Jew to ever claim that they have access to atzmusa yisparach that the entirety of Kabbalah is coming to show us that in spite of the fact that we operate within a field of negative theology, that we cannot say what the essence is and that we can never grasp the essence of godliness because it is entirely removed from the world of limitation, nevertheless, in an impossible way through the paradox of Raza Dameh Nusa, we have access to HaKadosh Baruch Hu by way of his engagement with us but we have no access to touching the etzem of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavyachol. And that is why the Arizal had to come and describe to us how these orders and these systems operate with limitations and simtsumim and gvulim and parsaot and windows and blockages that separate between the infinite and the finite. What the Arizal came to do on a certain level, and we saw this very clearly in Reish Milin, was to show us how the infinite relates with the finite in spite of the fact that the infinite is completely removed from the finite. That on the one hand, the infinite has no relationship with finitude. Yet on the other hand, finitude is completely subsumed and saturated with infinity. And this paradox, this impossible paradox, is what the Kabbalah came to describe to us. And the Leshem saw these descriptions in the writings of the Arizal in the ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu relates to the world through the Partsufim, through the Siros, actual ontological mechanisms that HaKadosh Baruch Hu uses to reveal himself in the world. To deny the literal nature of those things was tantamount for the Leshem to denying the fact that we don't have access to Etzem. He said that if you simply look at the writings of the Arizal as metaphors, as figures that need to be undone so that we can understand true nature of things, the Leshem saw that as claiming that we have access to the infinite itself, which he says is fundamentally off limits to the Jewish people. So the Leshem in upholding the literal nature of the writings of the Arizal against those who claimed that it was purely metaphoric and figurative, the Leshem felt that they were claiming that all there is is Ein Sof and human beings. Something that the Leshem says is simply philosophy. It has absolutely nothing to do with Kabbalah itself. If you want to understand what Kabbalah is, says Leshem, we have to understand how Hashem manifests through these ontological structures of Partsufim and Siros and literal concepts and still maintains his infinity which is built on the paradox of Raza Dameyam Nusa, of the impossible faith that we have, that in spite of the fact that we have no relationship with the infinite itself, all there is is the infinite itself. For the Leshem to deny those structures is to claim that we have access to the infinite itself. And furthermore, that we can understand the nimshal of the Arizal. 
that we know better than the Arizal, that we can understand what the Arizal meant. Something that in that letter, which is difficult to understand, the Gra claims that even Rav Chaim Vital didn't understand. So the Leshem is fighting a fight here in ensuring the literal nature of the Arizal. He's fighting a fight that is not simply truly understanding what the Arizal and what Kabbalah came to do, but it's ensuring that the system of faith, that the system of unity, which is built on the impossible union between infinite and finite, between the unlimited and limitation, maintains its structure of negative theology where at the end of the day, all we have is amuna, with the deep knowledge that we can never lay claim to grasping the true essence of God, whatever that would mean. Now, here the Leshem is really utilizing a trope from the Rambam, which is utilized at length in the writings of Hasidus Chabad, which is that what the Kabbalah comes to teach us, what the system of the Arizal comes to teach us, is something referred to as Yidiyas Hametzius, the knowledge of the existence of these structures, the knowledge of the existence of Partsufim, the knowledge of the existence of the different worlds and all of the different structures that the Arizal and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai came to disclose. But what we do not have access to is something called Hasagas Hamahus, grasping the essence. So we have access to Yediyah Samatsiyas, to the knowledge of the existence of things, but what we are lacking is hasaga samahus, the ability to grasp the essence. And this is going to be very important because for the Leshem, after he pushes and expresses fundamentally that the writings of the Zohar and the writings of the Arizal are literal in nature and that they maintain an ontological status in the sense that they're representative of true concepts, and not simply metaphors that need to be disrobed in order to disclose the true kernel of literality within them, like the Ramchal in his camp, the Leshem steps back and he says, once I've told you that these are literal concepts, with your next thought, you have to be fully aware that they are literal, but they are absolutely nothing like we understand literal to mean. And here the Leshem is protecting himself and expressing a paradox which protects him from Hagshama, which we opened up with. Because like we said, one of the reasons that individuals wanted to interpret Kabbalah Sa'arizal as metaphoric and figurative, as simply tropes that need to be undone in order to disclose the literal truth of human understanding, or Hanhaga, was because we were afraid of being Magshim. We were afraid of applying physical structures and measurements and limitations to divinity, to Ein Sof. So the Leshem is fully aware of that. And in spite of the fact that he says that the writings of the Arizal are entirely literal, in the next breath, he says that in spite of the fact that I claim that they are fully literal, they are not literal in the way that you and I understand literal. He says that, As human beings, literal for us means metaphysical. It means that they take up space. It means that they can be measured and that there are colors and that there are demarcations and that there are measurements and limitations. That's what literal means for us. It's a thing. The Leshem says, the writings of the Arizal exist in the world of Atsilus, literally, but their literality is devoid of any measurement and any shape and any demarcation and any limitation. So that impossibly speaking, 
the system of the Arizal represents the literal constructs through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu relates with the world, yet those constructs are entirely removed from our capacity of understanding them. That for the Leshem, what the Arizal came to do, and it's so remarkable because this is what the Leshem saw his whole project as, like we said last week, that the best that we can do is simply read the words of the Arizal, is that the Arizal revealed the literal constructs, but that these constructs that the Arizal disclosed, these partsufim and these spheros and these olamos, which the Arizal was zocha to reveal in the world based on the writings of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai and the Zohar HaKadosh, operate in a way that is fundamentally removed from human understanding. They are not metaphysical constructs. They are not measured. They don't take up space. They're not the bodily depiction of divinity. But they're paradoxical in the sense that they're real and they're unreal at the same point. That they exist, but they also don't exist. And the Leshem says this explicitly. They exist, but they do not exist in shape or size or measurement. But they exist in a way of Raza de Mehemnusa, in a paradoxical space of existing and not existing. Of being real but unreal at the same point. Because at the end of the day, like we said, all we have access to is something described as Yidiya Samatsius, knowledge of the existence of these concepts that the Arizal describes. But what we are entirely lacking in is Hasaga Samahus, is the grasp of the essence. Now the Leshem says, and again, we have to hold in mind that the Leshem here sees the Rambam in Moran Avuchim through his negative theological impulse, which says that at best we can say what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not. He sees the Rambam as the crowning jewel of system of the, of the Arizal. Now the Leshem says, our inability to grasp these concepts fully, our limitation in only being able to describe their existence, yet incapable of describing or grasping their essence, that is not due to an epistemological limitation. Our inability to describe or define the system or the concepts of the Arizal is not because we are not smart enough. And the Leshem uses the example, he says, because if that were the case, then Moshe Rabbeinu would have been able to understand this. When Moshe Rabbeinu asks, Hareni na es kodecha, show me your glory, show me the way that you function in this world, show me the mechanisms through which infinity relates with finitude, he's answered in the negative. The Leshem says in the source that we brought in Sefer Adeya, the Leshem says that Moshe Rabbeinu was told no, that es achorai roe, you'll only see my backside, you will only see by way of an aspaklaria delonuhura, through a clouded speculum, through a clouded mirror. And if it was a question of deserving, it was a question of being smart enough to understand the literal nature of these things, so then Moshe Rabbeinu would have been accepted because there was no one greater than Moshe. So the Leshem says that it is not due to a limit of our minds that we can't grasp the essence of these concepts that the Arizal discloses, but it is an ontological fact that limited creation does not have access to the unlimited in its pure form. That even Moshe Rabbeinu was told no. Why? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu has placed certain laws within creation, and one of the fundamental laws that function in determining the value of the writings of the Arizal is that human beings cannot grasp the infinite in its true form. And that we can only understand things by way of faith, by way of emuna, which is predicated on a lack of knowledge, 
Or like Rabbi Nachman of Breslov teaches us all the time, that the apex of knowledge is coming to the place of learned ignorance where we realize that we can know absolutely nothing. So the Leshem says that the system of the Arizal is absolutely literal and it is not a metaphor and it is not a figure that needs to be tossed away for the sake of understanding the true literal nature of human understanding or psychology but rather they are literal in a way that we can never truly understand. That they are, on the one hand, devoid of measurement, devoid of limitation, devoid of actual realness and reification in order to protect us against the threat of hagshama or the anthropomorphic impulse in ascribing human limits to God. Yet on the other hand, they're true and they're literal and they're real in the way that the Arizal and the language that the Rashbi in the Zohar disclosed it to us. And based on this understanding, the Leshem says that we call Kabbalah Torah Sasod. We call it a secret. We don't call it a secret because we're keeping it hidden from other people or because we want to keep it away from other people in the way that we typically understand secrets. But it's a secret because even when you speak it out, even when you express it explicitly, we still have no hasaga as to what it's truly expressing. So that the secrecy or the sod of Torah HaKabbalah, in particular the writings of the Rashbi and the Zohar and the Arizal, is not a secret because we're simply politically withholding it from other people, but because ontologically speaking, in its essence, these ideas are inexpressible. And at best, all we have are the words and the vehicles that have been revealed to us through Rashbi, through Moshe Rabbeinu, through Shlomo Melech and Shira Shirim, through the Rashbi and the Zohar, and through the Arizal in Eitzchayim and his writings. All we have is the language. And the Arizal, the Leshem says this explicitly. This is why learning Kabbalah and stating these ideas is the most fundamental thing that we can do. Because if we try and understand them according to our human understanding, so then what we do is we simply begin engaging in philosophical speculation. But by reading the words of the Arizal, by reading the words of the Zohar, we are engaged unconsciously in bringing about those same elements, which in spite of our limited knowledge about them or what they are or how they are, happens by way of Amuna. And for the Leshem, this is fundamental because ensuring the literal nature of the writings of the Arizal, ensuring the literal nature of the writings of the Zohar, the Leshem sees Kabbalah as maintaining an ontological significance, an essential significance in the sense that by way of reading the words we are engaging, even if we are not understanding. And with this, we're going to look a, a little bit at some of the words that the Leshem uses to describe this in the Makor that we brought out. So in Osches, in, in Drushe Olamatohu, Drushe Simen Zion, he says, Omer, here I'm saying, that the writings of the Ramchal are truly wonderful. And the Leshem says, I was engaged in, in the process of actually publishing them. Along with his wisdom, the Leshem was also engaged in publishing these writings. He says, nevertheless, I take great issue with the fact that people seem to think that the only value of the writings of Rashbi and the Arizal are the demetaphorization of trying to understand the kernel of essence that applies to human beings. Because what happened to Kabbalah? What happened to the words of the Arizal? What happened to the words of the Torah and the words of Shir Hashirim? 
we, which speak by way of metaphor, yet they contain a literal essence. Like we saw, the Leshem is not simply claiming that they're literal. They're literal in the sense that they're metaphoric. Because for the Leshem, the literality of the system of the Arizal cannot be understood the way literal nature is understood. But the literal nature of the writings of the Arizal is simply that they exist in a way that we can never truly understand. And he says, that even though these mikubalim and these writers have proper intentions, but their actions are really less than warranted. That even if you claim that certain right concepts in the Arizal can be understood as metaphors and interpreted as human ideas that engage with reality and history like the Ramchal writes, and the Leshem takes a lot of time in a lot of his writings describing, you know, how history operates and how Hashem interacts with the world Kav Yachol in very similar ways that the Ramchal does. So the Leshem doesn't have an issue necessarily with seeing the words of the Arizal as applying to our realm. And perhaps there are certain hints to the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu governs the world. Which after all of the degradations that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has gone through, and that the light of HaKadosh Baruch has gone through in order to disclose himself in this world, it can be understood as human experience, as historical experience. The Leshem says, in Kolzeh, nevertheless, that is not what learning Kabbalah is. Like we said last week, the fundamental holiness and the great elevated status of learning Kabbalah, is to speak above and not below, is to speak about the literal constructs and not the metaphoric understanding. And yes, the Leshem will show us again and again that it's literal, but literal in a way that is really metaphoric because we can't truly understand the literal nature of these things. For the Leshem, the main value of studying Kabbalah is reading the words and studying the text, connecting to the Neshamos of the Mechabrim, and creating the influx by way of reading. Like we said in the beginning, this is a textual system of Kabbalah. For the Arizal, the closest we can come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Torah, is the text, is writing, is reading and understanding. That when we read these ideas, we're awakening their lights above. And he goes on and he quotes from the Hakdama to the Zohar and he says, Ki al yidei that through the understanding and the learning of Rashbi Inyanim Halalu in these things, Lamala. That by way of reading and understanding them, these things took place. And he goes on and he says, Other aspects of the Torah are engarbed in in the ways and the inner workings of this world, like Torah Shabalpeh, Shor Shanagachesapar. Sometimes even Torah Shebuchsav engages in this worldliness. But he says, which is not the case with Limud HaKabbalah, specifically the words of the Arizal, that are built on the Ijarabah and the Ijrazuta and the Tzafra Ditzniusa, 
and the depths of the secrets of the Zohar, that the essence of studying Kabbalah is in the world of Atzilus and in the worlds of the infinite. And that's why Chachmas HaKabbalah is, re- is referred to as concealed. Mishum Shekol because the concept of all of these writings, Sha'anu Merdabim Rahem, that we're speaking about, Hume Olamos HaElyonim Asher Lamala Lamala Asher Ein Hasaga V'tvisa Bahem Lishum Bria, Baharehem Ne'elem Vnister Mehakol, that we have no grasp and no understanding of what these concepts mean other than that they exist other than the Yamuna that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself through these ways. And he goes on to quote from the Nefshachayim, and he says, And I don't understand what the Nefshachayim is coming to say. And he continues, and he says later on, he says, That in any concept or idea that the person is engaged in, that the individual is like a ladder that is firmly planted on the ground whose head is rooted in heaven. That according to the soul value and the soul level of the individual, so too that is engaged above and it takes place above. When a person is studying Kabbalah, that every aspect of what we're understanding is in the supernal realms, the ideal states of what Rav Kook would describe, who go rein tikun gadol begiloi or kedushaso shemo harbe yoter meesek sharchel Torah. We are disclosing light of Hakadosh Baruch Hu by way of just uttering these words in their literal nature, in spite of the fact that we don't have any way of understanding the literality of these things, and they remain concealed to us entirely and ontologically. Nevertheless, we are bringing it down to us. And therefore, he's questioning again these mikubalim. Why would these tzaddikim, why would these writers have to go along and try and create imaginative understandings where they see the works of the Arizal as being biyad heneviyam as imaginative interpretations of what he understood, which need to be undone in order to understand their true nature, why do we have to get rid of that? Why can't we just describe what the Arizal says? And he goes on and he says, V'hine b'divreinu, according to our words, Tavin ma shehishtamshu ha-mikubalim b'divreihem tamid b'milas tzod. We can understand why the Mikubalim always referred to their teachings with the word sowed, with the word secret. And it's not that every time that they write the word sowed, their intention is on a deeper concept than that which is written. That it is not because there is something that is not understood in the writings that it's referred to as a secret, but it's because that it is fun- fundamentally secret. That even when I understand it, even when I describe what it means, I can't truly express its true nature. And therefore, it is referred to as sod. And therefore, it can never truly be fully understood. 
And the Leshem has tons of Lashonos like this, where he says that it's almost like it's almost as if it's two contradictory postulates operating at one point. That on the one hand, the words of the Arizal are literally as they are written, the same way that the Rashbi was literal as it is written, the same way Shir Hashirim is literal as it is written, the same way that the Shir Koma and the bodily descriptions and the anthropomorphic descriptions of God are written in the Torah. They are literal, but at the same point, they are literal in a way that we have no grasp of understanding. And this is an idea of understanding the Kabbalah of the Arizal as fundamentally literal, yet removed from our grasp so that we still don't have access to the infinite in a way of positive assertion, but rather only through negative theology. This is clear in number of writers that when describing Kabbalah, when describing the inner workings of Kabbalah, there is a certain Lashon that the Leshem uses, that Rav Chaim Velazhenu uses, that Rabbi Nachman uses, that the Balhatanya uses, that the Lubavitcher Rebbe uses, that the Rebbe Rashab uses, that the Tal Oros uses, that the Shefatal uses, that Rav Yosef Gektalia uses in Shari Tzedek, that Lashon is Mamish Kavyachol that numerous times you'll find in writings, you find this in Parakbeis of Tanya, in Shardalit of Nefesh HaChayim, in Torah Samechess and Lukut Maran, the Sadiqim use a Lashon of Mamish Kavyachol, which at first glance is paradoxical to the core. Mamish means that it is literal, it is real, it is present, it is measurable. And Kavyachol, like we said in the introductory shir to Reish Milin, means that it is metaphoric means that it is not fully as real as we are trying to describe it. So typically when we say mamish, it means that it's literal and not figurative. But when we say kavyachal, it means that it's figurative and metaphoric and not literal. Here in the realm of the writings of the Arizal, we come onto a paradox referred to in the Svarim as mamish kavyachal, as both literal and figurative at once. Literal, as the Leshem has told us, in the sense that it is describing the true way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself into the world, in order to ensure that as the Jewish people we realize that we do not have access to Atzmusa Yisbarach, we do not have access to the true essence of God, but rather we have access to the Emuna that HaKadosh Baruch Hu manages to reveal his essence within reality without our knowledge of how, why, what, or anything else. Yet on the other level, it is kavyachal, it is figurative, because we cannot describe the true working of these mechanisms. So that at best, what we can do, when we know something is real and literal, yet we're incapable of disclosing the true essence of what it means, at best, for the Leshem, what we can do is read the words. We can use the same Lashon that the Arizal used. We can use the same Lashon that Rashbi used. We can use the same Lashon that the Torah HaKadoshah uses because our words, like a ladder planted on the ground and rooted in heaven, create the influx, create the Hisorus, that through our Bechira, through our volitional learning and the utterance of the words, our learning becomes like a speech act, that it engages a certain ontological relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and this world. And just to end with a, a source that's outside of the Leshem that describes this relationship between the mushal, the metaphor on the one hand, and the nimshal, the literal interpretation, what the Rebbe Rashab says in, in Hemshech Ayin Beis, in Tuf Ayin Reish Beis, in Shashek Dimu, and this is going to be an Os Kuf Ayin in the first Chalek, 
he describes this interrelationship as well, where he tells us that on the one hand, these ideas are mishalim, they are metaphoric, but they're metaphors that contain the literal interpretation within them. That the metaphor itself, the language itself that is used by the Arizal, contains the essence of what it is trying to describe, in spite of the fact that we don't know how to interpret it. Along the lines of what the Torah is referred to in Maseches Megillah as Mashal HaKadmoni, as this primordial metaphor, a metaphor that precedes even something that is literal. The Rebbe Rashab says as follows, he says, the same way that the metaphor is a garment for the true literal understanding, so too the worlds that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has created are a garment for the infinite light. And that which is referred to B'Shem Mashal is to show us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu engarbs himself within the light of the Torah. And the Rebbe Rashab says, And just like the metaphor, that the essence of the literal understanding is engarbed within it, except that it's concealed within it. So for the Rebbe Rashab, the mushal is not simply something that needs to get rid of in order to understand the literal understanding, maybe like the Ramchal would understand, at least according to the Leshem, but rather the metaphor itself contains the literal nature within it, so that when we speak the metaphor, we contain within that the literal understanding. Because at the end of the day, we have no access to the actual essence of the literal nature of these things, except that we know that they're literal. And we're going to see next week, Bezras Hashem, that this Hakdama, this way that the Arizal understand, that the Leshem understands the writings of the Arizal, is fundamental to the discussion of Tzimtzum. Because as we're going to see, the Leshem has an incredible shita in Tzimtzum. Typically, the Leshem is understood as someone who felt that Tzimtzum was kipshuto, that it was a literal event. Unlike the Balatanya, unlike most interpreters of Kabbalah's Harizal and Kabbalah Sagra. But as we're going to see, based on this paradoxical nature of the way that the Leshem saw the writings of the Arizal, Simpson is going to be understood as well in this way, as a literal event, yet literal in a way that we have no shaykhs to. Literal in a way that we can never truly understand what it actually means, so that even when we say it actually happened, we're not claiming anything other than the fact that the words are true, yet we have no access to understanding the true essence of it. And to end, because at this point in week three here, we're already begin to, beginning to discuss the concepts of the Arizal and not simply the Leshem's approach to the Arizal. I want to read something from the Leshem at the end of Sha'arim, at Hakdamus Sha'arim, as a Hakdama to Shar Kadim. The Leshem writes as follows He says, Rashis Davar. First things first, because Chazal have told us in the Mechilta and Parshas Yisro, and it's brought in Rashi there in Parakyotes, Pasuk Chavdalid, that we encourage an individual before they engage in an action. And then we return and we encourage them once again. So the Leshem is reiterating his encouragement here. That even though I have described this before previously in the other Sha'arim, and also in the Shar in Sefer Hadeya, Chelak Aleph, Drush Hesim and Zayin, which is what we were just reading from, 
Ba'arucha, at length, ofen tfisas ha'anyanim halalu ha'adam, how an individual is meant to interpret and grasp the words of the Arizal in their own heart, and how it's permissible for us to discuss the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in spite of the fact that his unity is fundamentally simple in all aspects of simplicity and it is concealed from the eyes of all living things. I've already explained to you how to properly understand this, again, as being literal, but at the same point, metaphoric, because we don't have any access to understanding what literal means. And the Leshem continues, Here I'm serving as someone who's trying to enlighten and remind you. That anybody whose soul and heart pushes them to enter into the inner gates, to the inner chambers of holiness in these writings, uliot misaridim asher Hashem kore, to be those who Hakadosh Baruch Hu calls yaamod tamid negev edav elu chamishah ruzim. They should always have these five lines standing in front of their eyes asher yasad v'chakak kadosh Hashem that the holy one for Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the Baal Hashir Hakavod of of Chasidei Ashkenaz wrote. So he's talking about Anim Zemiros right now. He says these five lines need to be perpetually in front of the eyes of anybody who's studying the words of the Arizal. Nafshi chamda betzel yadecha, my soul takes pleasure in the shade of your hand. Ladas kol raz sodecha to understand all of the secrets regarding you, everything to try and have access to atmos. Asapra kvodcha, I will speak of your glory. Velora isicha, but I do not see you. Adamcha, I will imagine you. Achancha, I will apply names to you and appellations to you and concepts to you. Veloya dasicha, but I will still not know you. Biyad neviyecha, in the hands of your neviim, in the minds of the neviim, besoda vadecha, in the secrets of your servants, the misa hadar kvod hodecha, we have imagined and conjured up images of your glory, damu oscha, we have imagined you, velo kifi yeshecha, not according to your true nature, v'yeshuvcha lefi maasecha, and our only grasp of you is according to your actions and not according to your essence. Him shilucha berov chevzionos. We have applied multiple mishalim to you. Hincha echad becholdem yonos. Yet nevertheless, you maintain your simple unity throughout all of these explanations. And what we've discussed tonight is going to really need to stay in front of our eyes as we enter into the realm of the Kitvei HaArizal next week in Mirz Hashem with the Sugi of the Tzimtzum, because this is really, according to the Leshem, the only way that we can properly understand what the Arizal, what the Rashbi, and really what the entire Avoda of Kabbalah is coming to teach us.